Oh, have we got a lot to talk about this week. So much, in fact, that there'll be no endless search this week. So if that's all you listen for, sadly, you're going to have to turn off now. But there is Matt that, and Joe... There is that one guy on. who hates the endless search, so he'll be delighted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this will be his favourite episode ever. Yeah. And do you know what? I'm predicting this is going to be a fantastic episode because these are the episodes I enjoy most where basically for a long time... <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're yeah, just coming yeah, off the rest of the, the team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm so sorry, everyone else. That is that is the main reason. The other main reason is we're just going to speak about a lot of things that we're either very excited for or that we've loved playing. Mm-hmm. I think pretty much everything on this list is good, which is... It's at the very least good. Yeah. So, you know... No moaning. But if, if, you, if, if you're here for us just to moan, turn off now. It's not mm-hmm. happening. There probably will be the old moan because we can't help ourselves because we're British. Oh, um, is that you're playing into the UK thing this early? <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, we're just British. Uh, we love a moan. We love a moan. Oh, it's a this? endearing. You know Two days ago I was complaining it was too hot today. I'm complaining it's raining. Never happy me. Unbelievable. Uh, how are we doing though, Matt and Joe? I'm good. I'm, I'm very good after last night. Look at all that. Ooh, Explosion of good stuff. It, it was what, nice. What, did like, you watch the PlayStation showcase as well? <laughs> I, I did. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, I, I was. Did you have the same reaction to me when they played that fucking rubbish chess advert at the start of showcase that I you were like, I was, was so confused. <laughs> I was watching that being like, fuck, if this is how they're spending the first three minutes of this showcase, it is going to be a shit. It went on and on (laughs) and on. I don't really understand how that advertises PlayStation to a group of people that have tuned in because they already like PlayStation. It has, the thing is, right, play has no limits. So you do have to understand that play has no limits. We started a podcast that we said we weren't going to (laughs) complain about complaining about Sony Open. Play has no limits if you have enough money to upgrade your games. My (laughs) wider point here is I saw that and I was like, we are in for bollocks. And then almost straight away, there was something where, or, you know, very soon after I was like, this is amazing. Mm -hmm. And it pretty much stayed amazing after that point. Yeah. That was a weird advert, though, wasn't it? Because you wouldn't have took, like, apart from the big statue of Aloy, it was like, what's this got to do with players? Yeah, it was really odd. It was like a banner of Nathan Drake. Anyway, I'm going to say from that point on, it was banging. It dipped a little, but we're not going to talk about everything because, you know, we haven't got time to talk about everything they showed off. We're going to talk about the big stuff Mm. and the good stuff. I don't think there's any other place to start, really, than with new God of War footage because. God of War Ragnarok. Have they? Have I read this right? They revealed it as God of War Ragnarok, but they still didn't one hundred percent confirm it's called God of War Ragnarok. Uh, they well, they revealed it with a. I think it was a God of War symbol and the word Ragnarok, and yeah. they never said that's the title we're going for. And I honestly, mean, it'd be mad at this point if it isn't, is it? But genuinely, I, well, no, I think that that is the title now. But I genuinely okay. think at the time they were mm. thinking of another title so they never confirmed yep. it and then the entire internet called it god of war ragnarok and then it would be insane just for a google seo exactly. reason <laughs> to change it but my word does this game look good and like the original now that's the original the 2018 game is firmly in like my top two or three games of all time i think the more i think about it and the more i replay it like unbelievably good game and just looking at the gameplay footage they showed off in this trailer it just looks more of the same, but even prettier. And just, I don't know. I just love the very varying environments they've got this time around. I think they've said all nine realms are in this game from mm-hmm. Norse mythology. So, I mean, how big is this game going to be? I, big, I'm, hopefully. Yeah, I'm interested in 
because obviously this is like it, it looks very shortly after the last game like atreus is a they little said a few def- years yeah think, he's definitely yeah. older but they're doing it so they're, they're treating this so much as a follow-up to the last game Mm. that how do you apart from the fact that he's definitely going to have seemingly definitely going to have the axe and the chains the whole time yeah how do you account for his powers like do they just strip you of the powers is there a reason for like is there the classic metroid thing where someone comes along and takes all his powers away and i he think has to you just back, build or? upon them I Remember, don't know. batman did this didn't it in arkham in arkham city it had to work out how to kind of give you a new power curve mm. Uh, and it kind of, I think, did that have, like, you could chain things together or something oh, like that? There was definitely yeah. another system that it put in so that it didn't totally rob you of every single gadget Batman has. Mm. Um, mm. But yeah, it's that thing, right, is that I think what I really want to know about God of War I didn't get out of this trailer. Out of the trailer I got that it still looks amazing and that mm-hmm. it's it's the game that I love getting more of it. I think what I really... The things I actually want to know are how is this game different? What are the new mechanics that this game is going to have? But I know that that will... Well, yeah. Yeah, there's that. (laughs) That will come down the line. It's just nice to be given, like... The thing that you know exists, but is the bone that's been waved in front of your face for a while. It's nice to be thrown it. I think more than anything to people... I mean, maybe I'm just projecting from my point of view. I was just happy there was like a good three minutes of gameplay. I was like, Mm -hmm. not just another, it's coming, tease. Like, this is properly being built yeah. and makes me think it's not too big a shout to say it's coming some point next year oh they've said it's coming next year like it's... well they also said it was coming this year so... yeah but, <laughs> if, but then you don't go it's coming yeah. this year and then go it's yeah. coming next year and then it's like unless they really fucked up i'm mm-hmm. i'm pretty positive this will be out by next christmas mm-hmm. um yeah i, I it did look so good i think the things that got me most excited were just if you know about nostalgia some of the characters they introduce i don't want to kind of almost don't want to spoil it especially if you haven't played the original it kind of spoils reveals for the mm. end of the original so although they did that in the that. trailer they were. i suppose they kind of did but yeah, yeah um, i know your point um mm-hmm. the, did you watch the post show i did because yeah. they repeatedly said this is the end of the norse saga exactly. which what yeah. i assumed it was a trilogy which I I, everyone did which, which i genuinely I said i love the idea of because it finishes this story, which obviously, I mean, Ragnarok makes sense for that. Mm-hmm. But really, what that does is they're not going to give up on God of War at this point. No, like, no, so that mythology. just means new mythology in yeah. the next game. I'm like, that's fucking exciting. Like, who knows where they're going to go with it? Well, like, honestly, there is a bit of me that wants them to go back to Greece because I'd love to see that this mm, version of God mm-hmm. of War within that setting with, you know, less sex minigames and harpy breasts being shoved in your face but like yeah I'm kind of sort of though you know how kind of god of war was originally developed it was this whole thing of like american companies can't do action games in the way that japan mm. does so it mm. was that way to prove like yeah an american company can make something like a platinum game or whatever i'd love for it to sort of then go well we're gonna stomp into your realms now and we're gonna you know do Chinese mythology or kind of like Japanese folklore or something like that. that Mate, if he really does Romance of the Three Kingdoms, I'll go fucking wild. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, yeah, where would... I mean, we're already getting ahead of ourselves, but yeah, there's just so many possibilities. Like, I don't know. I mean, I've always found the Egyptian gods to be the coolest, but there we go. What if um, it goes full American gods and goes like present day and he's like fighting <laughs> media? <laughs> I'd be into it. Jeff Bezos. Why not? Top of a tower. Why the hell yeah. not? I mean, it just looks fantastic. I don't think there's much more to really say about it other than 
I just really want to play this game. It's very rare that I see a game get announced that looks exactly like how I imagined it and and mm-hmm. with almost no surprises and i come out of it being like yeah fucking brilliant <laughs> like mm-hmm. i was i'm, I'm and, just happy there's more thor of this thor just sounds and looks good they didn't really show thor in the trailer but they released concept art afterwards and he just looks amazing yeah. I love. he's great um, like he's he's, yeah. a, he's a lad Mm-hmm. An interesting, I think that one of the other big uh, headlines from this was that Corey Barlog isn't actually directing the game. He's obviously heavily involved as creative mm. director of the studio, but they've actually passed the torch on to, I've completely forgotten. Eric Williams. Eric, Eric Williams, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's interesting. They kind of like to get a fresh perspective each time. I, and yeah, that he's um, that he's worked on literally every God of War game before. Like, yeah. Also, did you see that tweet going around? Like, the first thing Corey Barlog tweeted in 2020 was, remember the name Eric Williams. Yeah, um, he knew which what is, he was doing. Which is really nice. Like, that must be <laughs> yeah. lovely. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so like, I'm, I'm into it. I'm ready. Yep. I mean, that was something we were expecting. Now on to some things maybe we, well, some we definitely weren't expecting and some we maybe thought we might see. Mm. I was kind of half thinking we would see a Spider-Man 2 yeah, teaser. Yeah, I had a similar, similar vibe. And I thought it would be something like that, just because I know a lot of people have been like, oh, they just released two games in a year. But that also means they're very prolific and they like to get through these games. They have the engines built mm. and they're going to make more. And they teased Venom. Played by the original Candyman. Candy Man. <laughs> yeah, what a piece of casting that is! <laughs> it's amazing. I like. I, so, what should, are we going to? Do we want to cover Wolverine after this, or are we going to cover these together? Yeah, let's go. Well, should we let's do them together? The Insomniac double act because they I'll, did it the right way round, didn't they? So everyone's like, "Oh, Insomniac Marvel." Yeah. Can I? Spider-Man. Can I tell you what I did when that happened? Because I was sitting. <laughs> I was sitting with Anna, and I'd been like. I really think they might show Spider-Man during this, and I really like those Spider-Man games a lot. Um, mm. And uh, and the thing came up, and I was like, Spider-Man, yes! And got all excited, and I was like, ready to see him. And then the fucking Wolverine thing happened, and I had no other response than to just go, ah! <laughs> I, was just like, <laughs> I was just so taken aback. I had no intellectual response. It was just pure surprise. Um I th- who knows what yeah. this game is and who knows when this is coming out if spider-man 2 is 2023 like you know yeah it just said in development didn't it i mean i kind of when they showed the bar i was like well, this doesn't look very spider-man it looks a little well that's a madriporian bar by the look of it oh. oh there we go mm. and um then they showed the guy at the tomb i was like could that are they doing Wolverine? Like when I saw something about the checkered shirt being at a bar, I was like, that looks like Wolverine to mm-hmm. me. Then they showed the blood on the fist. I was like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. They're, mm-hmm. they're, there's metal about to come out of those hands, isn't there? <laughs> and what came out of the hands, Matt? Some metal. Well, adamantium. Little... Exactly. Um, that I mean, just as an elevator pitch, Insomniac making a Wolverine game just sounds right now, doesn't it? That just. Because it's that... got to be a very different game for Spider-Man because it's just not anywhere close to the way that Spider-Man plays or even engages with the rest of the world. It feels like there's two different opportunities here, right? Like mm-hmm. there's a there's a single player linear narrative game with with Wolverine, you mm-hmm. know, maybe kind of building on how they like the structure of Ratchet and Clank, if not the, you know, maybe you have like hub areas or something yeah. so that it's mm-hmm. a little more limited or the kind of wilder part of my brain is like Wolverine on his big fucking motorbike, like days gone style gone, Wolverine, days gone Wolverine. In, in like, oh. in like rural environments, just slashing people up like that bit in Logan where they're running through the woods. 
Um, yeah, it'd be yeah. interesting to go if they go the hard. It's it's hard with a Wolverine game to not go for like the eighteen like violent approach, isn't well, it? Like, especially slashing people's faces off. Especially <laughs> given the only Wolverine game people actually like was that. Yeah. Thing. Um, mm-hmm. I I would be surprised, and it's not like you know. Obviously, Insomniac's made its name, well, not made its name, but changed its name in recent years as quite a wholesome game maker. Mm-hmm. But they've got, like, gory shit in their back catalogue. You know, like, Resistance wasn't exactly lovely. Um, I could see, you know, I could see them doing doing something grittier if they if they wanted to. Um, but I guess it's also whether being associated with the Marvel of now versus mm-hmm. the Marvel of a few years ago, whether mm-hmm. you're allowed to take it that direction. I suppose, yeah. I mean, Wolverine and Clank sounds like a good game. Just Clank. I would love to see how much he fucking hated Clank. (laughs) (laughs) It would be a bit like the start of The Last of Us when uh, Joel just... I'll tell you what, though. You say that, like, you know how there's the interplay between Ratchet and Clank? Like, they have, like, little things they can do to help each other. Mm. If there's just a mission where you've got... um, uh, oh god, why is his name gone? The metal guy, metal Russian guy, Colossus. Colossus, yeah. If there's a mission where you can do it with him and he can pick you up and do a fastball special with you and just uh, hurl you through the sky. Do you think? I mean, they'll obviously be in the same universe, but do you mm-hmm, think yeah. Spider-Man will appear in this game? I feel like is that maybe we're just kind of conditioned now on a Marvel level to think of these things as all connected, but. Is it all building up to an X-Men game and then just a massive Insomniac Marvel game? Like, Are they basically, in a few years' time, once Square Enix's Avengers eventually probably dies, are they going to go, right, here's our Avengers game, which is the game pretty much people wanted? Honestly, I, don't know. I feel like the Avengers game thing is just out the window at this point. I don't think you can... I think it's tainted. That name mm-hmm. in games is now just... Mm-hmm. It's associated. But it's X-Men game, 100% makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. you could still get away with that. Yeah, you could also get away with individual Avengers characters that you mm. then just put together in a... Rather than calling it, like, Insomniac's Marvel's Avengers or whatever, you just give it... You know how, like, Midnight Suns is a, is an event? Yeah. You just yeah. You, you call the game an event name and just have everybody in it. Honestly, mm-hmm. I think it's only a few years until we get a Defenders game. Like, bring mm. back those characters that Netflix kind of, you know, eventually fucked Daredevil up. And, like perfect for a game. Exactly. Absolutely like, perfect. Yeah, and they've Ooh, already about- you know, they've already hinted at him in that Spider-Man universe and stuff. Mm-hmm. Come on, put him I'm in. I'm calling it now, bookmark it. In the year 2028, we will get a som- Insomniac Civil War. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> go on, then. <laughs> yeah, bookmark it, and everyone can go, you're right. Or eventually in five years, or seven years even, just go, mm-hmm. you're why do you say? Why do you keep saying bookmark it about a podcast? I don't know, bookmark it. <laughs> bookmark the podcast. Bookmark, put it in your back pocket. Save it for a rainy day. Uh, um, best briefly about Spider-Man 2. Is it I co-op? Think, That's my big question. I don't know if it's co-op. I think they'll do the GTA switch between right. characters. I can see that thing. Um, although, you know what? Co-op would be very fun for that game also. Yeah. Um, I, I like I mean, the idea but... of being able to like do tug-of-wars with people between mm. you two different uh, whip threads. Mm-hmm. I wonder <laughs> if, like... I wonder if that is what the... Because obviously they kind of... They did the glow up for Spider-Man onto PS5 already, and I wonder if now you have that built in. And given that, you know, the the city itself, the structure of that city is going to stay similar, so you don't have mm-hmm. to notionally you don't have to do as much work. I know that's ignoring a huge number of development factors, but notionally the structure is in place. They know what they're going to do with that. So maybe it is a case if you can pour me more resources into like how does this work as a co-op game? You know, technologically, how do we make that feasible? Um, mm-hmm. But also, we have yet to see like a proper 
like triple A open world game that lets you do online co op where you're in different places in the city at different mm-hmm. you know and that kind of thing. Like I would love yeah. I'd love the idea of you know I, you could jump into my game as Miles and I'm Peter and we're swinging around different places doing different missions but we're just in the same place and then you go you get like a call to a villain breaking out somewhere and go there together like that's that would a also fantasy. allow you to fundamentally there's always that scene whether it's in a comic book or if it's a movie where like there's a team up and suddenly like this bridge is collapsing but the villain's over there and they have mm. to split up like the idea of then you having like a freeze frame moment where it's like which of you are going to go and save the kids and which of you are going to chase down the boss yeah. uh the, the other question is venom is he playable? Yeah. Oh, I think he's a villain, isn't he? I'd I imagine like, frame him as a villain. But you could like you don't cast Candyman, and he's not a villain. No, but he's also like, <laughs> is it like play as Venom in sections of the story or something? Like he well, he acts maybe. so much like Spider. Like that's such a thing. Yeah, that the idea of mm-hmm. not allowing you. I mean, maybe it gets maybe it's like a symbiote suit thing. Like I mean, I'm yeah. sure that will happen. That always happens. I'll have to be reminded. Very uh, vague spoilers for the end of the original Spider-Man, but what? um, is it Osborne? Is it Carnage? They were teasing him. Yeah, no, it was Venom. What no, was it? What? Venom? But oh. wasn't Venom? Wasn't there a symbiote being attached to? Yeah, didn't he Harry have like, a symbiote lab in his it? house? I'm pretty sure that's that's right. Uh, okay. Was that I Carnage just, or Venom? I very much I assumed that the the green tank thing was was setting up a Green Goblin-y sort of deal, but. I'm pretty sure there was a symbiote. I'm looking. At I don't know, up, but we mate. haven't. Surely Green Goblin's appearing in this one. You can't. You can't have three games and Green Goblin doesn't turn up for Spider-Man, can you? <laughs> that I would be. Think. That would be lovely. Get Willem Dafoe back. We all want it. Um, yeah, I think Wolverine and Spider-Man Two. They confirmed is PS5 only. God of War, interestingly, is PS4 and PS5. Uh, same with Horizon. Mm. I'm actually kind of glad we didn't see any Horizon because I don't need to see any more Horizon. I'm no. sold on it. I'm going to play that game. I know what it is. Um, I remain basically indifferent as I have yeah. been. About I saw a all lot of Horizon people being <laughs> exactly. I saw a lot of people being quite snarky of oh another Deathloop trailer, but I got it. The game's out in like three days. They're going to put a trailer for it. Yeah, because they want it to sell. <laughs> that's, the that's Xbox how One. These things work. <laughs> yeah, the Xbox One had a Psychonauts trailer in it the day before. Exactly. Psychonauts. You're going to. You've got to advertise a game that's out in three days because that's pretty much all Sony have for the rest of the year. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, they want to make money for it. Um, I think the big, a big one for a lot of people, this one doesn't have a place in my heart, but I want it to, is they opened with the big KOTOR remake, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, which is one of those games, as with all Bioware games, it seems to me, just pass me by. I unfortunately know the big twist in this game, but I don't feel that that'll ruin it for me because I'm gonna I'm gonna definitely play this game. I did try and play it about three years ago, but I can see why they're doing a remake. I'll put it that way because that is not an easy game to play now. I don't mm. think that's um, an old you fucking both, game. Yeah, you both have a real soft spot for this game, I believe. Great, mm. great game. Hilariously, it's... as we were saying earlier, um, released as an Xbox exclusive back in the day, and now it's a PlayStation Five exclusive. <laughs> I think yeah. I said, t- is it timed exclusive? So what? Probably be. I don't know. Those in the past sometimes been up to a year, haven't they? So, but Forspoken is at least two years on it as wow. a console launch, okay. uh, as a console we'll exclusive. Get on to so that yeah, soon. But yeah, not much more to read to say about Kotor. As, <laughs> I do. Do you think how much do you think they'll change it? Do you think they'll do full like Resi changing the gameplay? Final, like Final Fantasy VII, seven, yeah. seven yeah. change I, it. I think like the original is turn based, isn't it? Real time with Somewhat, pause yeah. is yeah. essentially what oh, okay. it is. 
It's kind of like First Dragon Age, right? Like, t- to an extent. I mean, it's fun to, it literally is based on, I'm fairly sure it's uh, D&D rule set 3.5, um, So, which is what they use for the Baldur's Gate games. Um, so it essentially, like, the combat goes in real time, but then you pause it and then you line up, you queue up attacks okay. for your characters to do, and then you let them do them. But this has to be something closer to Mass Effect, in my eyes, that you have like all of those powers that you had from KOTOR, or at least analogs of them, but you also are allowed to go and hit things with a lightsaber or shoot them with a gun. Exactly. That's what people want. Yeah. They want to use the lightsabers. I, I, um, I am really interested to see how they deal with the combat in this, because I think that has aged out a little bit. So, mm-hmm. But I think it could be. You don't, like, tactical lightsaber gameplay is something I'm just into the idea of, and I want someone to do well, especially after Jedi Fallen Order made lightsabers seem like shit. So, um, so yeah, I'm I'm ready for that. Uh, nice. I think it's just gonna. It should just look lovely as well. I'm glad mm. they've said it's a full, um, like like ground up. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's a full remake. It's not a remaster, which I think were the rumors originally. Um, yeah, I'm into it. Yeah, not much more to say about that one really. Then it will look lovely, probably. Uh, for spoken, so I wasn't really. First couple of times they showed off this game, I wasn't really that into it, but that latest trailer did grab me quite a bit. I love... I didn't realise it was quite as... Almost like an old-school Disney movie, in a way. It's like someone from the modern world is pulled into a fantasy Mm. world and they have to save the kingdom. It kind of reminded me of, like... It reminded me, really, of Return to Oz, which I think we mentioned a few weeks ago. Um, I'm just into... I'm not completely sold on the comebacks. That's generally not my cup of tea, that sort of action. But, Joe, I imagine this is your alley... Oh, straight up yes please when i saw <laughs> like because for spoken i was i've been the same i've been like oh it looks really nice but beyond that mm-hmm. like the story never quite got me and like we i don't think we'd seen much I, like i don't give a shit about dragons and stuff generally um but uh just something about that setup like the fish out of water thing i like I didn't think all the jokes landed but it was like i like that it has a kind of zippy sense of humor it feels very <laughs> not Japanese RPG, which I kind of like, I expected it to be a bit, I'm sure it will get into some wild Final Fantasy bullshit somewhere down the line, but I like, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, Nomura's <laughs> going to come in and look and be like, put fucking Buzz Lightyear in it, Jesus. Um, but the, but I like that there's a different vibe to it, but in a similar looking world, it feels quite like, um, not anachronistic, but it, feel, it feels interesting that those things have been yeah. put together. And then, yeah, that action, when I saw that, like the different kinds of magic and how they seem to be comboing and that kind of stuff like that is so far up my street mm-hmm. um and i'm it's really that. hoping it's not tied to like i i like i really like the final fantasy 7 remake combat i hope mm-hmm. it's a proper action game i want it to yeah. be like a fully fledged one well it, it reminds me a lot more of final fantasy 15's combat that kind mm. of like the way in 15 you'd be able to hurl your sword and then the teleport animation would do that thing where it would turn you into particles and pull mm. you to the sword. There's a lot of that to it, which obviously, you know, it's Square Enix. It's the Lu- Luminosity Studio, is it? The uh, Luminous, yeah. Luminous, yeah. Like, there's all that kind of lineage there. Um, so but- this, yeah, this is the Final Fantasy 15 team minus the director, because yeah. mm-hmm. I don't know why he left. There was some weirdness. Um, yeah. So, yeah. But yeah, there's lots of that. And I must say that the humour does land for me. Like that first trailer where it's like, is that a motherfucking dragon or whatever she said? Like that was already kind of like, okay, I think I'm going to be into this. Mm. But seeing anything that has like that ability to zip from rooftop to rooftop uh, while firing spells off and stuff like that, mm-hmm. the, that has a power fantasy for me that I really like. 
I also yeah, love int- like there, there's cool. this one thing they said a while back. It was a re- I think it's the biggest performing story we've done on IGN about Forspoken, and it was them saying we want this to have the highest quality visuals of any open world game ever made. And it's like if you're going in with that as your idea, it's like I mean it is a proper put up or shut up type situation. Yeah. But if they pull it off, like I love that that ambition. It's such it a looks cool very nice. Thing to go in. I'll give it to them. They're on the right track. Yeah, I was um. I was actually expecting Final Fantasy 16 at the showcase mm. and not for Spoken. Um, I'm surprised. They kind of announced that. They revealed it what, almost a year ago now, mm-hmm. is it? And I've kind of said nothing since. I, th- and it I, think, like there's, it was I think there's a good long. chance we'll see it at Tokyo Game Show. So it, I don't mm-hmm. think it'll be long before we see it, really. But yeah, I agree. It's like it was an odd thing to like drop and just leave behind. Yeah. Especially considering that trailer wasn't just a teaser it was like that was a full-on like here are mm-hmm. cinematics from our game yeah and, and gameplay and everything mm-hmm. yeah tgs sounds right and so it's still got the game awards this year so it's still got a couple of things coming up but yeah i was actually like look fun fantasy 16 but we won't talk about that because they didn't show it and we're only talking about things they showed what they did show was more ghostwire tokyo which if Forspoken doesn't look like a Japanese game, then Ghostwire Tokyo most definitely does look like a Japanese game. Yeah. Um, it's, of course, from Shinjis, big Shinjis, uh, Shinji Mikami of Resi fame. Not um, that you tell. It looks absolutely No, it nothing. doesn't look... It's... I I don't know. Goofy I know we said we were moaning. I'm looks. not moaning. <laughs> this just... I don't know. I see a lot of people going mad about this game. And I, for me, I'm not getting it. I don't know. There's something about it for me that doesn't look great i don't I, know what it is i love the concept and i love the setting i don't know what the action looks odd but it may yeah. be the same that we talked about this like it may be the same thing as death loop where it's like it can't communicate how it yeah. feels on mm-hmm. screen it may be it may be all that magic stuff really works but i agree like there's something a bit stiff about how it all seems mm-hmm. to move right now and mm-hmm. maybe that's just because everything has to be like a precise you know, like action game movement. But yeah, there's something that's not quite there for me. But I do really like that storyline. And I like that it's like drawing in like old school Japanese, like mm-hmm. Oni, like mm-hmm. mythology stuff. I think that's cool. I'm, I'm still not sure the tone. Are they going for full? Are they going to try and make it very scary? Or is it going to get a bit silly? Because I think he, fundamentally just looking at it, it looks a little bit silly. He's previously said it's not a horror game. So mm-hmm. I think okay. I think there is a I think there's a knowingness to it. I think to me it almost looks like which is funny considering there was one of these at uh, um Microsoft as well, but it looks like Magic Doom to a degree. Mm. Like Doom obviously is a bit horror because it's set in hell and has demons, but it's not frightening. It's just about blasting mm-hmm. the shit out of things with big shotguns. Mm-hmm. And this looks the same, but you're blasting the shit out of ghosts with magic spells and cards. Which, if the dual sense stuff works well to convey that sense of magic in your hands, mm. then it, it could be good. But animation-wise, it definitely is a bit goofy, which yeah. I think I like, even though it looks weird. Like, mm-hmm. don't, this is one of those games that I will 100% play. Like, mm-hmm. it, it, it looks so weird, and it's got such a lineage of talent behind it that it, it kind of demands to be played. But I am I'm more mixed on it than the rest. It might be the last Bethesda game you ever play on a PlayStation console. So. Oh, no. Oh. Uh, a couple more things to go. We're going to actually go with GTA next because they showed GTA again, which mm-hmm. I'm I'm actually really looking forward to playing GTA 5 again. Me because too. Because 
it's been a long time and it's just a brilliant game. I don't really need more reasons than that. Um, it's actually not coming till is it February now? March. It was, it was March. But it, it was, was meant, meant to be coming in November. November. Yeah. yeah, and I was looking forward to playing that at the end of the year. I thought that'd be a nice little replay at Christmas or something. Honestly, given the list sad. of games after that we're about to talk oh, about after this, yeah. like, oh, I can, I so can wait. <laughs> like, fucking There's hell, so it's too much. Um, but I was kind of a little bit well, maybe I built up in my head how much better it was going to look on PS5. But, to, but I looked in, I thought this just looks like the PS4 version. But do you remember? Maybe the f- I'm being you, harsh on it. Do you remember the first time you played the PS4 version? And it was, it to me, it was less about like, oh, the characters look way better, or the animation looks way better. It's just mm-hmm. that the way that world sticks together and like the lighting effects pulling it all together and giving it that mm-hmm. sheen. I don't think we got a good sense of that. And like, yeah. I, I do think the same thing could happen here, where once you step back into Los Santos and see it at night and it's all pulled together with new visual effects, like, I think yeah. that could be amazing. I think the thing that got me most excited was when they just teased the uh, the, the seamless switch in between characters like that oh, happening God, in a second yeah. on PS5. Because I don't know if you remember the original PS3 version. It would take a good few seconds to switch between the characters. A few seconds each is more. putting it mildly. Yeah. It's like almost <laughs> a fucking minute. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. I'm going to play that game again. Yeah, me too. Like, I haven't, like pl- I haven't played that campaign since, what, 2013? So, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. it's been it's a all... fucking long time. Like, yeah, that game's going to be nine years old when it comes out again. But I will play it again. Will I get into GTA Online this time? I've tried so many times. It's not no. going to happen, I think. I've just no. got to admit it to myself. It's not happening. Um, but finally, the biggest thing, the biggest thing that I think we all saw coming, mm-hmm. Radiohead on PS5. <laughs> yeah, that's what, that's what we were looking what for. A- bizarre thing because i think we both had different well we all have different stories of when this popped up on the stream i know um i originally it started and i was like is this remedy it looks a bit remedy like Mm. i was like is this control 2 they're teasing so it's the big red lights and then a song started playing i was like i know this song and i was like this is radiohead Mm. well it's not like radiohead to put their song on a trailer for a game like we already had baby metal earlier in the show i was like that's that's enough for me I was like, what game is this? Like, a, a, rem- a Remedy got <laughs> Radiohead. And it just popped up. Radiohead, uh, Kid Amnesia. What's the easiest way to say it? Kid Amnesia. Yeah. It's basically they're re-releasing um, two 21-year-old albums, Kid A and Amnesiac. Um, and they were just releasing those on vinyl and stuff and with some bonus tracks. And now there's a playable PS5 experience of those mm-hmm. two albums. I'm not really sure what's going on. It feels like it's... They kind of feels like it's like an art installation which i guess they've mm-hmm. done yeah. stuff with like nigel godrich's art before mm-hmm. let's get into into pitchfork corner <laughs> baby um yeah uh so it wouldn't surprise me you know like i have a i have a copy of kid a that they released and it's like a kid's like those cardboardy kids books and it's got all mm-hmm. of nigel mm-hmm. godrich's art coming through it like i could see that kind of being put into a virtual space but it's just fuck i thought it was silent hill like when it popped up, that giant pyramid, like metal pyramid in the middle, I was like, "Oh fuck!" Like this is some like bizarre Silent Johnny Hill pyramid head shit. Yeah, scoring Silent Hill is uh, the dream. Yeah, and then oh. um, yeah, absolutely bonkers. Um, but like, I it's, mean, out, it's out in November. I'm really excited. <laughs> I mean, they said they weren't putting any PSVR stuff. That makes sense. This would make sense to me if it's just PSVR, basically just listening to the album with, mm. with loads of stuff going on around you, like. I don't know. Are we going to review this for IGN? I already asked Dan Soberton. I was like, can I review Kid A for IGN? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not worried about Amnesiac because I don't think Amnesiac is that good person. I agree. But 
if I just review Kid A and just go ten out of ten done, yeah. <laughs> like is is, is yeah, that him? I don't that's know. it. As a, as a Radiohead fan, you can't give Kid A what in any form less than masterpiece. So what are you gonna yeah. do? <laughs> like exactly. It's like I mean, yeah, it's a boring app, but it's got Kid A in it. So yeah. it's a t- <laughs> so it's the <laughs> best game soundtrack of all time. <laughs> yeah. Um, very interested. I'm 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 intrigued. I want to mm. know what the hell that is and. Yeah, what a bizarre thing to have in a showcase. It's brilliant. I, I mean, it's the most like it's the most like antique PlayStation type announcement. Like that's proper PS2 era PlayStation shit. Yeah. And I realise like there's a lot of people out there that either oh, there's a lot of people actually that vehemently seem to dislike Radiohead. Go with it. They seem to be, I think, very unfairly put in the same like kind of bracket as Coldplay. Which mm-hmm. is just come on, guys. Well, that's uh, absurd. And obviously. even early Coldplay's fine. So you know, yeah. get over it. Parachute's um, a good album, lads. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Rush above the head. Also good. Um, but yeah, I just I realised that if you don't like Radiohead, you're probably just rolling your eyes all the way through this. But and to be fair, if it was any other music, if it was yeah. like I don't know, like I'm trying to think of people like exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Hard five. It was hard five. Oh man! Imagine if <laughs> if living for the weekend came on, yeah. but all the same visuals. Yeah, if it was yeah that or yeah razor light. I don't know. Someone just like on PS Five, I'd be like, "What is this? What's going on? What a waste of time!" But because it happens to be one of who I think are the greatest bands yeah. ever, I'm going. This is fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, I totally get that, but you know, live with it. Yeah. Exactly. We're going to do a whole. Uh, no, we're going to no, do a, no shade. We're going to do a spoiler cast. <laughs> we're going to come on, on, on and do a, a full kid a spoiler cast when it comes out in November. Oh, amazing! Can we do a live stream of it? Uh, yeah. Let's play everything. God, the DMCA stuff on that's going to be a nightmare. Oh yeah, shit. Um, good stuff. I think that's all we're going to talk about from the PlayStation Showcase. There were a few other little bits. There was that weird little game where you turn into animals. Uh, yeah, Chia. Um, yeah. It just looks like they. For a second, I was like, "Is this what Wild is now? Did they just delete <laughs> Wild and put the turning into animals thing into this cartoon game?" That game looked lovely, except for the character models, which I thought looked like shit, and I didn't understand how it was how it was put together. Anyway, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's all the big stuff because, frankly, we've got so many things to talk about because this week has been mad. There's mm-hmm. about. 55 games come out this week we're going to talk about one two three five good ones here plus there's some film stuff going on let's talk about the film stuff because Mm. not only yesterday was there a big old playstation showcase but the first trailer for the matrix resurrection drops and it's surprisingly good yeah (laughs) i am like i am so tedious about how much i love the matrix there's my matrix poster in the background right there um and uh and like I'm also equally, if not more so, tedious about how much I think the sequels are shit, and I can't believe that this made me think, made me excited for this film. I like I watched it. I was like, th- I mean, it might have something to do with the fact that like half of that trailer is basically reshots, <laughs> reshoots mm-hmm. from the original <laughs> film. Um, but I'm into it, and I don't know what the fuck it's about, which is great. Mm-hmm. I'm into it. I'm not. I don't think I'm going as mad as a lot of people, but then I tend to. Don't go as mad as a lot of people on, on most things, but I, I'm I would say I'm cautiously optimistic. I think it looks good. Oh, yeah. At least I didn't I I didn't watch the trailer and go this looks bad, which is a good sign because that easily could have happened. Um, I'm intrigued in it. I'm just very wary of where that's 
it looks like they're very heavily leaning on the first film. They obviously can't ignore the second, especially the end of the third, because that's kind of just, you know, you can't mm. ignore that. Um, and I will have to rewatch the second and third ones, I Me think, too, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Have, you seen, um, have you seen the two mad theories going around about it? So that, I think I've seen one. I don't know if I've seen. So there's one on. that Lawrence Fishburne's in, not in it because of canon events in the Matrix yeah, Online. In the Matrix Online. What? Because yeah. um, the Matrix Online was canon yeah, Matrix yeah. storytelling, and during the course of one of those events, Morpheus was killed. Um, and so they think like this is a reborn Morpheus somehow. Whatever he got right. plugged back in the Matrix or something. Um, the other mad one is in one of those shots, there is a, a projected screen showing a shot from the original matrix movie it's the bit where neo's got the mirror going up his neck Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. that that literal film shot is in the background so there's some chat about is this new matrix a world in which the matrix exists is there a matrix within a matrix is that what we're talking and also because the the thing that's sticking this is my own headcanon theory bullshit now you know in the first Matrix where Cypher is asking to be re-plugged in and forget everything because he wants to become an actor? He's like, mm. I want to be someone important, like an actor. Mm. It feels like Neo's life in that thing. He's got like a beautiful bathroom where he sits with a little rubber duck on his head. So is this going to be a world where he's the actor that plays Neo in the Matrix and they're showing the Matrix <laughs> in oh that world? Lord. So is he Keanu Reeves in the Matrix Resurrection? I suppose they never refer to anyone by name, do they? And it would be. Does that make amazingly better if it happened? It would be so I mean, weird. If you're gonna reboot the series, why not go all out? Just and go do fucking something bonkers. mad. I'm like being John Malkovich, but it's the Matrix. Because yeah. I was what I was only seven when the original came out, so I didn't watch it till probably five years after that, and did absolutely love it. But I think I missed the whole cultural moment at the time of... I think people forget how huge this movie was and, Mm. like, how different it was. Like, we've had a lot of sci-fi blockbusters since then, but this one was just... just, I think almost Christopher Nolan gets a lot of the credit for, like, the intelligent blockbuster, Mm. whereas this was quite a few years before and arguably mm. smarter than a lot of them. Genuinely, like... I did I did a course at uni that covered like different <laughs> phases of Hollywood and like my professor on that course made a point of saying like the matrix is a turning point in action in action cinema like this is the mm. film that did it and so and I like I totally subscribe to that idea like this is so different to what we had before um mm-hmm. and like we don't have the current culture without it like I don't think we have the MCU without this this film so like yeah yeah, it's kind of i think it's it's unfortunate what's happened since because it's almost like i don't know if you could ever fully tarnish that original film because it's just brilliant but everything everything since kind of the matrix did kind of become a bit of a joke for a good few years it's like let's laugh at the matrix whereas the original is so good and you know what i think the path of neo is a very good game I never I played the Path of Neo. I only ever played Enter the Matrix, oh, which was Enter with the Matrix. Me. I had a great time with. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I wanted the opposite. I wanted Path of Neo, where you just had all the mad slow down powers and everything, mm-hmm. and that's what you got. Honestly, my main worry with this is like, if you go back and watch the Matrix now, it's so 
grimy like everywhere even mm-hmm. even the real world looks like shit like everywhere's concrete and just like rain and everyone looks a bit wet and dirty um and it's gonna be uh, too glossy well the new that that trailer looks so mm. shiny and so neat and i mm-hmm. that may be purposeful like the new matrix whatever he's plugged into is a mm-hmm. is a shiny place or whatever but it does look mm-hmm notably different to those to those original films and yeah. I'm, I'm hoping it's not just because it's like we pumped way more money into this yeah there's yeah. a i think there's something about the 90s because it's that tipping point between realistic real sets and cg right like it's come off the 80s where visual effects are becoming bigger but there's still a lot of physical sets and the way that they're filmed with like actual celluloid at that point gives them like mm. that that very grainy sort of texture and it's the sort of texture that you expect a Christopher Nolan film to have, but it isn't. He's, his films are always very sharp. Mm. And there is something about the look of The Matrix that I think works. It feels so oppressive because of that heavy film grain and because everything is very clunky and real in the mm. sets. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I do worry, like, because things like Avengers don't have any of that yeah. because of like modern filmmaking. And I hope they don't lose that. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I and I love Yaya Abdul Mateen as well, and I think he will be fantastic. But I do kind of I don't know that a lot of the Matrix to me is Lawrence Fishburne's Morpheus and He's... Hugo Weaving's Agent Smith just being incredible. I want Agent Smith back. Here's Maybe. a question: Have they given Yaya Abdul Mateen fake acne scars to make him look? more like Lawrence Fishburne. Mm. I don't know if, if we just not seen him properly. There's, there's one shot where I was like, there's some light on his face and I'm like, I can't tell what, I, like, it's kind of odd. Like, to an mm. extent, I know Lawrence Fishburne will be sad that he's not in this movie because, obviously. Uh, but if I was Lawrence Fishburne and I was being, ca- the young me was being cast by Yaya Abdul-Mateen, I'd be like, well, that is delightful. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Big dick Dr. Manhattan is me. That's amazing. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't think... Uh, it's out in Christmas. It's not that long away. We have to wait a long time for a trailer. It's only, what, three months away now? So yeah, baby. That'll be a lovely Christmas treat, won't it? Well, Ooh. it's either going to be a lovely Christmas treat or it's going to be absolute <laughs> shite and we'll talk loads of shit about it. And I'm fine with both of those things. So that's Exactly. Fine. Yeah. We'll enjoy it either way. Um, one film you have seen, Joe, that I don't think me and Matt have seen yet. I say I don't think. I know I haven't seen it. Um, is Shang-Chi. Yeah, baby. The I... Legend of... Of the ten, is the Legend of the Ten Rings? Legend of the Ten That's Rings, right, isn't it? I loved this film. I I went in with very tepid expectations. I, like we basically, I was just out and about, and uh, my girlfriend was like, Do "You want to go to the cinema?" I was like, "Yeah, cool." And we just popped in, and it's one of those moments where you go in, you sit down, and then you're like, from like minute one, I just fucking loved it. It's it's it feels really different. Um, it has. What I, I'll, the main thing I'll say is the trailers up until like the launch day trailers do a really good job of not telling you what this film is about or where it goes. Um, and mm-hmm. I would recommend you don't watch the latest ones. Like the launch day trailers they were putting on Instagram and stuff like give away loads of weird shit. And I don't know why they did that. Um, but it's a film that goes to like quite strange, unexpected places the central relationship between Simulu and Aquafina's characters is like adorable. Like they are so much fun to watch, like hang out together. And you can tell they've both done like proper comic roles before. Um, and the choreography just makes like Black Widow in particular look like absolute toilet. Like it's mad. You're just watching it. Like 
I can't believe that a film ago we were watching people just kind of roll about and kick each other in the legs. And then that bus scene that they've showed in trailers is A, really long, and B, fucking brilliant. Like, so much happens in it. And it's... I it just... I had such a nice time with it, and it was so unexpected. Um, and I'm delighted that, like this character is or these characters are now part of the marvel universe because seeing them bounce off some of those established characters will be like brilliant mm-hmm. it'll be so nice yeah. like, i genuinely I can't wait I, I can't believe how much i'm recommending it to people but yeah I've, I've not stopped thinking about it i think it's great yeah i'm gonna i'm good, definitely gonna go see it soon uh i just haven't had time frankly yeah. um but yeah it's I just think- weird we're not used to having to go to cinema to see a film, are we? And having no, no other way of seeing it. <laughs> well, and it's also done so well now that they've it, apparently like Eternals is definitely theatrical only as well. So they're like mm-hmm. they're they're leaning into that now. I will say, like, I'm sure some people will write in and be like, "Oh, it goes a bit Marvel movie," which obviously it does. It would be insane if it didn't. I actually thought the way this went a bit Marvel movie was really fun, um, but yeah, I think it's it's one of those things. Um, it's just it's really good fun it's a really nice time there we go maybe we'll talk about it more once other people have seen it Um, you've also been playing a game though Joe it's time to get into all the games we've been playing and there's some good games here I tell you Mm -hmm. let's kick off first with the new WarioWare Joe yeah WarioWare term WarioWare man you love the little mini micro games even though you love the little it's smaller like, the better that's what you say yeah that's that's my motto that's what i think yeah. about phones it's what i think about doors everything smaller the better doors. yeah i love i've got a doll's house door instead of a normal front door <laughs> it's fucking painful but i love it um warrior we're getting together is like a weird thing because ultimately i think it's probably not a good warrior wear game in the grand scheme of things but also it is a WarioWare game, and thus I love it. <laughs> it's kind of weird. It's it's short for a start. Um, the the story mode is like over very quickly, and it doesn't feel like it has the sort of the the WarioWare I remember best is is the the original Game Boy Advance one. It was original on Game? I, I think it was that. Um, and that just felt like it went on forever. Like you were constantly unlocking new stuff and new modes. Mm-hmm. And this one, that process ends quite quickly. Like I think I had everything after mm-hmm. about three or four hours, um, more or less. Maybe a, maybe a few outstanding mini games that I hadn't played or something. Um, but just that formula doesn't ever get worse for me. I love those micro games. I love the silliness of it. And like, there's so many. It's like a the the thing is that it's all designed to be funny or weird, and so there's like a punchline every four seconds. Like it, you'll you'll I, I took so many screenshots playing, just being like, "What the fuck was that?" <laughs> like weird <laughs> illustrations, and it just feels like they put Nintendo's like most bizarre artists on on WarioWare and just let them go. So you get like these these bonkers drawings of Wario that are apparently his, like, self-image. And just him with, like, crazy muscles or, like, him as, like, a Renaissance painting and stuff. And it's just, like, it's so fun to, like, dip through. And then there's a whole section of Nintendo games as well. Or, like, Nintendo reference games that are themselves great. Like, there's a Fire Emblem Three Houses one. There's a Breath of the Wild one. There's, like, a Donkey Kong Country Returns one. And, like... Just lots of. If you're a Nintendo fan, it feels like a little feast. Mm-hmm. That section, and I think 
that's where they could have done way more, to be honest. Um, but it's also designed as a multiplayer game and kind of fails a little bit at that. The multiplayer mini games that they've included aren't all that great. Um, and they've done this thing where for the first time in the series you choose characters and every character controls very differently so some characters are completely stationary but they can like fire projectiles and other characters can only attack in one direction and stuff like that so you have to kind of put together teams that are best placed to complete the specific games you're doing and that kind of works in the story mode but once you get into the mini games like I think it was Tom put up a, a video of, of the volleyball mini game, and it's just four people playing with the same dude who can fire projectiles at high speed and so the ball just disappears like it never comes down. And it's like, they just didn't think about this. Like, this doesn't yeah. work. It is a broken thing. Um, so it's kind of odd. So, like, once you... So do you have any desire to pick it back up once you've done it? Like, you've done your three hours. Are you I've, playing? Are you I've definitely playing? played a bit more. Like, you can do... Um, you can do that stuff where it's like... Uh, you can, so you you can replay all the story modes and unlock more things, and then every single mi- micro game has like a pass rate. So you can there's lo- and there's like a huge list of challenges. So it's got its own kind of achievements list built in. So there's a lot to like tool about with. I could see myself kind of on a tube journey, picking it up, playing a few micro games, putting it down again. But certainly in terms of like that dedicated, I'm going to play this for a few hours. Like that's definitely wilted a bit since I since I finished the story because um, mm-hmm. it it is a 40 pound game is that is there enough there to i don't know i mean i i don't think it's i don't think it's egregious i, I think especially mm-hmm. if you are going to play it with other people i don't think it's like beyond the pale like okay but it's also you know you have to think about this in the context of Ninten- nintendo games like they price wildly for stuff um and frankly, I'm surprised they didn't make this a £60 game. And I know that's not a reason to celebrate, but it is like, at least there's some kind of uh, yeah, some kind of thought being put in there. Um, it's Yeah, so it's not like it's not the, the grand return to Wario where I wanted it to be, but I've certainly had a really nice time with it. And if you are just a fan of that series, it's more of that. And we haven't had that for a while, so that's great. Nice. It's something I might pick up on sale, not that, you know, Nintendo games. Yeah, you'll, you'll be often, waiting but, yeah. absolutely years. Yeah, you know, I'll play that in 2028 when um, Insomniac Civil War comes out. <laughs> um, what else have we got? You've both been playing The New Life is Strange to True Colours, which I've heard pretty much non-stop glowing reviews of this game, which has made me want to play it because I've not really been into Life is Strange historically. I've given them a go. But this one, no, it's not about this one that I'm into. Why should I play it? It's nice. <laughs> but the, I don't I'm not nice. I don't life, like nice things. Like quite honestly, if you don't like nice, I don't think there's anything in Life is Strange for you to like, but <laughs> I mean there's um, some horrible bits, but they're there surrounded by bits. a lot of nice. Mm-hmm. Have you finished it now, Joe? No, I've not I've oh. not even gotten to the end of the first episode to be right, honest. Right, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like historically Life is Strange kind of like are these very kind of like indie lifestyle sort of tinted kind of um versions of a telltale game i suppose uh in which you go through go through a character's journey and make big decisions that branch the storylines and um that is generally tinged by the fact that there are there's quite a lot of tragedy that happens to these poor characters in them and normally complicated by supernatural powers um life is strange two colors is a slightly different kind of take on this idea and that it's still got that very kind of indie loveliness to it 
but it's much more of a slice of life kind of game and therefore that changes a lot of the way that you kind of approach characters and decisions as well so the storyline is about a girl called Alex who has been in the like foster home system and now she's old enough to not be in that so I think I worked out eventually she's about 22 which I think massively helps because aging up the protagonist means that we don't have any of the awkward slang of the Mm. previous games this is the best written of the entire series by a significant margin even early on i can tell that like Mm -hmm. it it feels a lot more natural yeah and there's also like there's clearly a lot more money spent on performance capture in this so all of the kind of small little nuances of conversation are much better conveyed in this than previous which is good because alex has a hidden in inverted commas superpower which is that she's very empathetic and can read the kind of emotions of characters around her um and what that leads to is is whereas the other characters like max in the first game could literally rewind time to undo horrible things that she accidentally caused to happen and life is strange 2 was much more about trying to keep your kid brother that is basically carry um under control This is much more about there is a central, a terrible thing kind of happens and there's a mystery that like runs through the game that you're trying to work out. But that's actually probably only really about a third of the game and most of it is just trying to find a new home. Like you've Mm. come to this place that, that your brother's invited you to and you've not seen your brother for eight years and this place is in like the middle of the Colorado mountains basically. It's just this tiny little town um that's got not a huge amount going on but has a very tight-knit community and it's about trying to find your place there which is where this very slice of life kind of feeling comes through so actually whereas the original games were asked or the previous games were asking you to make quite large decisions that cause the the like storyline to branch and move around um and could give you two very different kind of ways of big events turning out this one is much more about like how your decisions reflect your relationships, which kind of run through the game as in kind of like the people at the end who are going to turn out to be your who are who are the people that are going to be your best friends, who are the community members that are going to remember you for doing nice things for them. So when I was playing it initially, I felt like, oh, none of these decisions are really meaningful. Um, and it's not that they're not meaningful. It's just that they don't have those kind of big surprising branches that they had in the in the original games. It's much more about who you make an impact on and also who you help because you can read their emotions and infer what they're feeling. And then that will unlock new dialogue options, which will allow you to have, forge better connections with people. So it's a much more gentle kind of Life is Strange game than the previous ones. But I think it's kind of tapping into what, probably a life is strange audience really wants like Mm -hmm. it feels quite on the money really for for that community i think i'm just fundamentally more likely to play it because it's not a chapterized release this time Mm. it's just all out in one go you can play it and i think that's what i did play the first episode of the original life strange but then the second episode came out just like i can't i can't be bothered like Mm. if it had all been there day one i probably would have played it all um i kind of just yeah. How long was what well, I totally forget the question I was going to ask. How long roughly is it? It's about 10 hours long. Like so it's still split up into episodes. It's still a life is strange mm-hmm. game as people would know it. It's five episodes that run into each other. They're about you could probably do them about an hour and 45, but if you're really into the story then you'll obviously start reading like there's a diary that Alex keeps between like encounters with different people that she'll fill in with 
her impressions and song lyrics because it is that kind of game like if you can't deal with the kind of kooky indie vibes of it you mm-hmm. might find yourself Basically, throwing up a bit <laughs> everything we're saying here is dale's gonna hate it and oh, we all gotcha. know this like dale might physically throw up if he played this game mm-hmm. is what thinking. it's like to give you the thing like when at the very start of the game it's very much like alex steps off a bus into this kind of new area and she goes and stands on a bridge and looks over kind of this incredibly beautiful uh colorado kind of um mm-hmm. like landscape to which then a gabrielle applin song starts playing off fucking english rain a like an album that came out like in 2011 or something like that that's so incredibly like small town english folk that mm-hmm. it exactly dale would he wouldn't just know power of that he'd like spontaneously combust <laughs> of, like, <laughs> into the stuff. he'd want to jump off that bridge and end the game there mm-hmm. is what we're saying yeah um but i had a really nice time with it i think like for a while i struggled around the fact that like there wasn't these big branching moments where i was like holy shit, I fucked up and now like my mm. kid brother is causing a storm or now I've got to try and work out how to reverse time and make sure a entire town doesn't drown. Mm. Like there's none of that kind of heaviness to it. Um, but I fundamentally like that kind of slice of life element. And what it does is, because it's set in this one town, it's got this kind of thing where you'll do kind of major scenes but then it'll just let you wander around the high street and just go and check in on people that, that you quite like and you want to make sure you don't miss out on bits of their story. Which reminds me actually a lot of how in between missions in Mass Effect, you'll walk around the Normandy and just check everyone's all right. Yeah, you go and do that little route where you, you the, mm-hmm, yeah. visit everyone on every floor. Yeah. yeah, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like there are some bits of that town that I couldn't stand, like the fact that there's a weed dispensary. <laughs> I was going to say, it's like the hippest rural town there's ever <laughs> been. Like they've got a record store and a dispensary. Even the old fart who runs the pub is like a wisecracking <laughs> lad who yeah. uses social media. And you're like, this is absolute fantasy. Um, but it's, yeah, even even early on, like I'm, I can feel like the vibe is really working for me. The backstory of the, the like, also the voice acting's really good, mm. and not only have they nailed lip sync, which was always a problem in Life is Strange before. Like the facial expressions that they've got, like the so facial animations, are amazing. Like they use them in really nuanced, interesting ways. They're not just like it's not like I'm saying concerned dialogue, and thus I have a concerned face. Like there are silent moments where you see people make facial expressions that sort of betray their true emotions before they say something. Like, it feels very actorly in a, mm-hmm. in like a really impressive way and in a way that most games do not nail um mm-hmm. you can tell like there's a real director behind behind all this um and like th- this is me an hour in so i'm really interested in seeing where that goes um mm-hmm. yeah i think it's i think it's it's a very cool step and i i i i'm into that slice of life thing like the apocalyptic elements of Life is Strange were never what I liked most anyway. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah. See, so I, I'm I did it. really like those bits of those games, but I ultimately think like games have to change, right? And some there are so many series that never do, and mm-hmm. kind of they just get stuck in a rut. And it's like, yeah, you can enjoy going to the same well, and it's still the same flavors that you like. But like as I always find with music, which I guess you know makes sense considering Life is Strange is so tied to musical. But the best bands change their albums. Like, album to album, they've got, like, really different things they're exploring. Mm-hmm. And that's just the same, like, I yes, I miss those more heavy-feeling changes in the story. But ultimately, like, I think they found, like, 
the right path for where this series and like its fans especially are at the moment. And mm-hmm. so, so yeah, I think they've done a real good job. And yeah. I hope there's a character in this that is in a previous Life is Strange. There's a character called um, Steph, and she was in Before the Storm. And I quite like the fact that there's just like these little things that remind you like Life is Strange is a thing in which like people live in the same world. And I kind of like, you know, there are some really good characters in this, like real strong character development. I'd like to hope that maybe they'll turn up as a supporting mm. character in another game. That'd yeah. be cool. Nice. You just remind me, yeah, it's like all the best bands. When Kid A originally came out, everyone was like, what is this new direct? What <laughs> What's going on here? Suddenly over time, people realized this is a fantastic piece of work. You'll get some Radiohead um, in Life is Strange as well. You do. Oh, in the trailer, they did do a creep cover, didn't mm-hmm. they? But yeah. I will you say, you know, that song has been covered to absolute Death. Also, it's, quite, if it's actually quite a good moment in this. I was genuinely dreading okay. that bit coming up, but mm. it kind it kind of works. I mean, it's still you know, it's still very yeah. life is strangey, uh, but it is actually quite it's, a good moment. It's not it's not a love song, and that's what yeah. people often cover. Well, it is it's, not used in that way. No. Here. Good. The other thing I like about the music in this is like, obviously, the kind of record store is very much a kind of like it's for hip people that listen to music before it was cool. But the Kings of Leon album they get is post Sex on Fire, which yeah. means it's not cool. Uh, yeah, it was, okay. it's really odd. Very like, because yeah, the bit that bit is like, oh yeah, King, it feels like they went to Kings of Leon and were like, we want to, we want to license this because this feels right for this relationship. Mm-hmm. But then Kings of Leon were like, cool, but you can only use one of our later albums, not the ones yeah. that people actually liked at the time <laughs> you're talking about. <laughs> um, that, oh, that wow. was really weird. That moment. Um, because yeah, you did they just put... remind me though. Go on. I was just gonna say if they put on fucking King of the Rodeo, I would have been well in. But no, it was <laughs> some old yeah. bullshit. Oh, um, you did remind me though. I have actually. I should update people. I finished Mass Effect all <gasps> three. The nice. trilogy. It's done. I loved them all. I would say three is the best. Mm-hmm. I, it I, it I is like the best the game. Um, yeah, I still think too. I engaged with like that group and that story a little bit more, but mm-hmm. three like. The act of playing know, three think, is so nice. I think I engage with three. Maybe I had the benefit of playing it after all the DLC's been added and stuff. So I had that's very true. Work. Yeah, yeah. I just yeah, I absolutely love that series. Very happy I played them. Uh, and yeah, I can't wait for the next one. Now I can fully get in on all the hype, which I'm happy about. When are you going to uh, play Andromeda? Do you know what I played? Andro- I played the first few hours of Andromeda before I even played any of the trilogy. Mm. <laughs> so I, I won't be going back to that. I've still um, never touched a minute of Andromeda, and I'm. Maybe I should for educational yeah. purposes, but I've heard it's not terrible. It's just not what anyone it's, wanted. <laughs> yeah, it's a very seven out of ten, and even yeah. maybe the end dips off, mm. yeah. goes into a I five out of ten. There's too many good games to play to do that, as we will further show here. Um, another game about coming of age in Colorado is the Artful Escape, which mm. seems to be a theme uh, at the moment. I this dropped on Xbox Game Pass yesterday. I played the first roughly two hours last night, and I'm about halfway through. Mm-hmm. Um, it's what I wanted from this game, which is it's not really much of a game. Mm. Uh, you, you're not doing a lot, like you're not doing a lot. You can't really fail, but it's about you basically play as Francis Vendetti, who is the nephew of basically Bob Dylan in this world. His his uncle is 
like the world's most famous folk musician from the 60s or whatever mm-hmm. and he's basically a young musician about to play his first show and everyone's expecting him to basically be the second coming of him and he feels under pressure to be this folk singer and truth be told he wants to play different he wants to be his own artist he's under that pressure so what happens is a strange event happens basically and you are transported on this mad psychedelic like alien fueled journey through the stars essentially to try and find your own your, your, own, your own kind of yeah your own sound find your own look sound. Ta- yeah make your make yourself yourself and not your uncle basically is what you're trying to do and it's kind of it's an absolutely beautiful game to look at like every different scene looks absurdly good and it's kind of painted in that sort of almost like the Beatles Yellow Submarine crossed with a bit of like Terry Gilliam Monty Python stuff as well and just it looks unbelievable it sounds unbelievable the music is basically just non-stop psychedelic rock guitar solos and like a bit of jazz rock and a bit it's just all mixes up and it is incredible to just take in and sometimes so basically you run through this game just with left or right on the analog stick as you do in pretty much every game um but then you just hold in the x button and that brings out your guitar and you just start shredding to whatever music is playing it just plays along to it so sometimes i was just standing like a really cool landscape just holding in x just taking it in because it sounds amazing and the gameplay doesn't really develop much beyond that so far i'm only at the halfway point there's some light platforming where you have to jump over gaps while shredding and Mm. then there's the occasional sort of at the end of the level they're not really boss battles because you're kind of just playing along with other people but basically very simple like memory game stuff like um remembering like press x y left bumper x y mm-hmm. left bumper that sort of thing to try and get through the levels and like i said it's not the most challenging game in the world and i don't think it's about the gameplay and that's not really what i'm playing it for it's just an incredible thing to look at and taking kind of a bit like what I imagine the Radiohead thing will be like. It's not going to be. Imagine if the Radiohead thing's an FPS now. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I I would recommend this. Like, I think you'll pretty much within half an hour know if this game is for you or not. It's only four or five hours long, I think, and I'm I'm loving it because it's. I've been looking forward to this for a long time. Uh, the Artful Escape. If you haven't heard of it. Are you guys going to try it out? I am. I'm really looking yeah. forward to it. I've just got too many fucking things. Oh, it's oh, already yes. downloaded. I'm playing it this weekend. Yeah, I'm Lovely. doing. I'm I'm doing simultaneously. Game. I don't know if I can talk about and also Forgotten City. Uh, so just there's too many thoughts to, mm-hmm. to handle oh, other things. You're gonna have a treat with the Forgotten City. I'm, I'm like and I'm like four hours God. in, and uh, it's. I mean, you've talked extensively. It's fucking amazing. Like, it's it's mad how well that, that idea works. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Uh, but yeah, The Artful Escape, I would recommend. Anyone try out, because if you have Game Pass, after all, it is free. And, you know, you'll find out if you like it or not. Uh, just smack some headphones on mm. and play it really loud. Or if you have a good sound system, just play it loud. Um... You guys have been playing the Lost in the Lost in Random, Lost in Random, which is out today. I've been excited for this game. I know Joe, you did a preview last week where mm. you were very excited for it. Yeah, you've been playing the full thing. I have not gone still... further than I got in my preview. I have to say, so oh, my come my now. thoughts about the preview <laughs> remain intact. 
Well, you didn't talk about it on the podcast, so people can hear your thoughts on the preview. Right. Matt, where are you at? Are you enjoying it? it? Uh, I am in what I believe is known as Two Town. Okay, yeah. So I, I got to the end of Two Town in my section, mm-hmm. so we played more or less the same stuff. Um, so my feelings about it were, uh, I really love how it looks. I really like mm. the sort of, it's got the proper dark fairy tale, like, it feels family friendly, but then there's some stuff that pops up and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> this is really horrible, um, which is cool. And I, like, I came out really intrigued by the combat. And from I understand from uh, reviews which are trickling out as we speak, like, I think the combat maybe doesn't expand in the way I was hoping oh, it would, which is a, a bit sad. But I will say that the combat itself is still really fun. I love the idea behind it. It's properly strange. Like, you start every battle completely powerless, apart from the ability to knock crystals off of your enemies, which power... Which, for every crystal you pick up, you draw a card, more or less. Like, maybe it's the sort of a power system at work that I can't quite work out. Um, And you draw these cards and then at a certain point you can roll this little dice friend you have and whatever whatever number he lands on is how much mana you have to spend on the cards so you've got this like deck building thing of like how am i going to build the best combat deck for like i'm statistically am i always going to draw a weapon that i can use am i going to get enough healing as i go through and am i going to be able to drop like traps or like buffs um so it really it genuinely has like a you know, a thoughtful deck building system at the heart of it, but it's translated into an action game, which is very cool. Like, it's just very interesting. Uh, and like, you can get fucked over. Like, there were times where I built a bad deck and I was just like repeatedly not drawing a weapon and just having to fucking run away all the time. Um, and I just think that's, I think it's just really interesting. I love that a game is trying something that genuinely is very rare in a preview that you're trying to describe a system that literally has no immediate precedent. Like there's nothing else like that. And that's always Mm -hmm. a good sign. That's like something different is happening here. Yeah. I think kind of like we'd casually mentioned the idea that there's a little bit of Final Fantasy seven remake parallel in the way that the combat works in that, like when you throw dicey, your dice friend, it puts the world in a, frozen state so you can then have a look through like okay so dicey's rolled a two that means i've got two mana to spend let me have a look through my cards am i going to spend two one cards which you know in my deck at the moment is that will give me a sword and it would let me like maybe use a healing potion or something like that or Mm. do i want to spend both of them together and give myself a bow and arrow or stuff like that Mm. and i like that the fact that when you give yourself a sword like that sword will eventually break so you need to make sure there are multiple swords in your deck like all of this stuff, I think is is really fun, and that is a shame that you know if that doesn't get any more advanced or interesting than that. But I still think it's one of those things that like you know, there are plenty of shooters where the shooting feels good and it never fundamentally doesn't get any more interesting because the enemy design isn't good. But mm. if the shooting feels good, the shooting feels good, right? So yeah. like the if the core of that system is good, like I'm sure it, it's almost certainly that game's like six hours long, isn't it? It can't be. Yeah, I, well, I, I'm not entirely sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, I got to the end of Two Town, and there are six places um, yeah. mm-hmm. within two or three hours. So it's not like, yeah, certainly not going to be a, a enormous proposition. Mm-hmm. So I think it's probably enough to like keep it afloat for mm. that kind of... If it's as long as I think it is, then I think it will hold my attention. Um, I really like the look of it. It does oddly feel a little bit 
and I don't mean this as an insult, but like a PlayStation 2 game in the way that you explore the kind of worlds. Mm. They're very kind of like it, from an era where worlds had to be a little bit more like tightly built yeah. because of the fact that like there's not that many NPCs we can put in. But that does mean that while you might only see one NPC on every corner of these towns, they're fucking weird. Each yeah. one you meet is really bizarre and quite memorable in very much the way like I don't want to say they're definitely inspired by, but there's a lot of Leica in this, a lot of Coraline and yep. box trolls, especially. Yeah, uh, like, and it comes. I think uh, I follow the the kind of. I don't think he's the director, but he's certainly the guy that runs that studio mm-hmm. studio on Instagram, and he he does a lot of those things as sculpted creatures, and you can yep. really feel it. Like you can feel that someone has made those things. They're not just like flat digital creations and i mm-hmm. i do love that feeling that it's sort of a it's got quite a like a chunky like like odd claymation-y feel to yeah. it and mm-hmm. things move that way as well like everything kind of moves in that slightly stilted interesting way that claymation does like it's it's cool i like it yeah it's got that that thing where like nothing proportionally makes sense yet it looks mm. Right, like everybody's kind of like big bodies on very small legs, mm-hmm. and like at heights that don't make sense, and wolves where their noses curl back, almost like in a Burton style yeah. kind of spiral. Mm-hmm. A lot of that um, really good, like accent work across the board. Like, yeah, meeting a wolf that comes clearly from somewhere in Yorkshire, but then the next time you'll meet an American fish. Yeah, like yeah, they <laughs> they've clearly had some fun fun with how that stuff's put together um Mm -hmm. which actually is something that i think zoink in general have always done quite well like that um they did like stick it to the man Mm -hmm. and and these games they're they're always written well most of their games are written in conjunction with ryan north who did like dinosaur comics and has written squirrel girl and and stuff and like there's a lot of that kind of vibrancy and weirdness that comes through it's it's uh, yeah it's just really nice like i'm glad that this thing exists Mm because i don't think it's going to set the world on fire but i think it's it's like a very unusual thing made by a studio that's been given the license to do that. You see that so rarely mm-hmm. at this scale that it's mm-hmm. it's very cool, especially from yeah. a studio from a publisher like EA. You know, like mm. has a reputation of being very risk averse, and yeah. yet, yes, it's obviously very very small budget compared to the games that EA have historically made. But it is nice they've got this brand where they're just like, here, have some more money than you normally would be able to as an indie studio and just go off and make something that's quite indie. Well, I think this yeah. we- this weirdly busy period at the end of the year has made a lot of people forget that It Takes Two definitely is mm. still a game of the year contender for a lot yeah, of people. Absolutely and like, yeah. the idea that EA Originals has had this and It Takes Two in one year is like a massive mm-hmm. boot. You know, it's like a massive feather in their cap. Like, this, mm-hmm. they're doing some really cool stuff out of that program. Yeah. I mean, It Takes Two is... I think now currently tied as my game of the year and you know where it might have slipped to second because i'm currently on the last level of psychonauts 2 mm. and i think psychonauts 2 has edged it for me as my current game of the year mm-hmm. we all know Deathloop comes out i'm hearing good things mm-hmm. could be good previews were very promising but who knows um i don't know i've been playing i know jesse spoke extensively about psychonauts a couple of weeks ago but i just want to say since then i've pretty much i'm on the last level now i it surprised me how much i love this game mm. i've absolutely loved pretty much every minute of it it surprised me maybe i was just a bit ignorant about it because i never played the original i didn't realize how genuinely funny it was and how much like grim fandango it was mm. like i didn't it took me by surprise you know there's the, 
obviously it's got Tim Schafer behind it. It's going to have that sort of writing. He's been writing like that for 30 years. Like he's going to, it's going to have some of that come through. But I think the biggest part to me was also the music because they've got the same composer from those games. Like the music just sounds like Grim Fandango music to me. And that makes me very happy. And apart from just it being genuinely funny and charming and the level design and the art design being great to look at, it's just really fun to play as well. And it's surprised me, I think I talked to you briefly about Matt about this, how complex the combat can be at times and some of the puzzle solutions. Mm-hmm. The combat weirdly reminds me of Doom Eternal in that every <laughs> single thing has a very distinct thing that works against it, which yeah. Doom does really well. Is like all the guns are calibrated, that like this gun works against this creature and all mm-hmm. that. But... I was really surprised at how much Psychonauts actually demands out of you. Like, there are characters that you can fight that require you to use two powers in order to kind of work yeah. it down. And then you start to realize, like, so for example, one of them, I think it's called the Sensor, you have to knock it out before you can really start beating it up. So you pick up things and chuck it. But then mm. it will do combat encounters where. There's no things on the floor to pick up, but there are things flying around that you can shoot them out the sky and then pick up the things yeah. that they've got and then hurl it at the sensors and then do it. And like all of that interplay, like I love any systemic stuff that works like that. And that really surprised me. And then, yeah, I like that the fact that it works in that like LucasArts games lineage of that there are characters that you go and speak to and have multiple dialogue options and then they'll be like oh i've got an item but you can't have it and it's just like oh i've got to go and figure out how to get that which is completely monkey island through and through or grim fandango but the way that you do it is through an action platformer system rather than a a point and click game Mm. it's i'm loving it so much yeah it's just surprised me how good it is and yeah you said it reminded me of doom it i don't know if it's just because of the uh, telekinesis ability it just remind me of control as well mm-hmm. quite a bit. Oh, nice. I think it's mainly because you just have that ability and you are kind of almost forced to attack to get health back as well. Because yeah. mm-hmm. you can't like I've died a lot of times. I will say a lot of times I've died has been through some quite annoyingly imprecise platforming. But mm, you know, yeah. it's not a perfect game by any means. But I'm just having such a great time. And it's also surprised me how long it is as well. Like I've been playing this game a long time now and I've only just got to the last level. Oh, really? Like Yeah, it's I'd say it's at least it's a good twelve hours. I'd say mm-hmm. I have been taking my time though, like collecting a lot of things along the way. Um, but yeah, I'm just uh, I love this game so much, and yeah, I think it is currently maybe my game of the year. Are you planning on getting around to that one, Joe? There's just too many games. I, I mean, I've had it downloaded since launch day, and I just keep playing stuff and not finishing it, mm-hmm. and being like, you know what, I'm just gonna stop, and I don't need to be up. The, like I think that's such a weird thing. You that feel that mm. feeling of needing to be up to date all the time, and I'm like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna end up hating all the stuff I'm playing instead of loving the things I play individually. Yeah. So I'm gonna stop and come to it. It might be a Christmas game for me. Um, although if it is actually if it is in contention for game of the year, I should get there earlier. Um, mm. But it's one of those things where I'm like, I cannot wait, but I've just got too much in the way. There's stuff happening. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I am loving. So How long is Forgotten City? It depends. I I got the like final canon ending about four and a half hours. Oh shit! Awesome. Okay. Well, I'm going to press forward with that then. <laughs> yeah, but it depends. I only got one of the other endings before that. Though. Mm. There's four different endings, right. so I only got the second one and the last one in about four and a half hours. How do you know you've got the canon ending? It tells you. Okay. Good. 
Right. You'll get a trophy literally called Canon Ending. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. That's absurd. <laughs> and um, it'll be pretty obvious that this is the yeah. big ending, I think. Cool. Um, yeah. I-, I can't wait to actually talk to you without spoiling it for everyone else. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, great game. Let's get back. Let's get back. Let's get to some feedback even. Uh, oh, yeah. As you said, no endless search this week. Uh, but God, is there a lot of stuff we've talked about. Uh, and all good stuff that you should play and watch matt you've got the first piece of feedback yeah this is from chris who says ahoy new listener here out of curiosity where did the whole respect the sea thing come from I've heard it mentioned a few times over the episodes i've listened to cheers from chris chris go listen to the drowning special you'll know it when you <laughs> see it because it's called the drowning special <laughs> but um, if you, i mean i hope you respect the sea chris don't just take it it's yeah. not lip service we're paying to the sea we exactly, believe it um, wholeheartedly We've got the Drowning Special, we've got the Sandwich Special, which, I don't know, they're both very good. I think the Drowning spe- uh, Special is very good, but the Sandwich Special, at the end of that, I was almost in tears, I think. But it has um, nothing to do with Respect the Sea, I should say. Don't no. don't go looking for answers in the Sandwich Special, except unless like sometimes... you want answers to what's <laughs> exactly. the sandwich that could turn your asshole inside out. Because um, <laughs> that is answered at the end of that. I will, uh, I'll, I'll spoil that yeah. for you now. Uh, Basically, but we should say the respect the sea thing actually came from a listener whose name has been lost to time. Except if I actually bothered to go back and look, mm-hmm. um, uh, but we just we've embraced it as a mantra. You must respect the sea. It's so much yeah. so that it's now on the wall of a pub um, in, exactly. in Stoke yeah. Newington. So that's good. Yeah, I think we just got to remember sometimes we've got new listeners because God, we can talk some nonsense. Mm-hmm. But you know, you know, if you're on the first floor of that nonsense you're having a good time aren't you yeah that's <laughs> so, it you want to be on the yeah what well, not the ground floor the first floor don't be on the ground floor yeah, for yeah. It. i'm in america at the moment <laughs> <laughs> um i've got a piece of feedback here from jack fulham he says mm-hmm. hey guys i had the one and only joe scrabbles pop into the alice in wonderland themed cocktail bar i work in last weekend I was so stunned by the beautiful tash in person as i opened the door all i could say was hey I recognise you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that happened. What's the weirdest? What's the weirdest place you've all been recognised by fans of the pod and IGN as a whole? Hope you've enjoyed your time in the bar, Joe. Did you enjoy your time in the bar? I did. It was a lovely cocktail bar. You can't uh, say you didn't. No, but I genuinely did. So it's fine. I've got okay. pictures of it and everything. Um, it's a. It was a <laughs> Mad Hatter's Tea Party themed cocktail bar in Oxford. Uh, I'd just been for some delightful tapas, and then we stopped off there afterwards. Had a really nice whiskey cocktail served in a very unusual contraption called a dipping dog, which I'd never heard of before. It's like a big uh, brass conical flask that they filled with whiskey, and then I poured it into, like I kind of mixed it into another glass. It was great. Um, And Jack was very nice. I was a little confused because uh, we came (coughs) in, Jack said, hey, I recognize you, and then said nothing more. Uh, but continued serving us for the next hour. So I was like, (laughs) well, I'm not going to say, where do you recognize me from? Because then it's like, what if he just means I saw you on the street earlier today? I saw you on Crime Watch. Yeah, I'm like, oh, do you recognize me from my uh, many media appearances? Uh, So (laughs) we just sort of sat there in like a stalemate of politeness uh, for the Mm. night. But he was uh, the consummate professional behind the bar, made me some great drinks. Um, There we go. Didn't poison you. And yes, uh, the weirdest place I'd be recognised by fans of the pod is an Alice in Wonderland themed cocktail bar. That's my answer. Okay. 
Yeah, I kind of asked that question, not really thinking about it. Uh, that's not really a weird place. Do you remember that got, that time we were walking through uh, Leicester Square? That's, and, uh, that's the one I was thinking of, yeah. The, uh, the, uh, you probably listened to podcasts. Sorry, I can't remember your name. Uh, ran up to us and I held my pockets like I thought I was being mugged. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. You don't want someone running directly towards you no, in Leicester no, Square. No, 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 but... Uh, it, was, it was good in the end. Actually, do you know what? Last week when I was in Brian, uh, a, a lovely man um, walked over and said, "You recognised uh, me, Creeper, Lucy, and Tam." So that was that was lovely. I had a uh, I had a wonderful one that. recently in Sheffield where a friend of mine picked me up from the station. This sounds like we get recognised all the time. It, no, no, this is literally the only like three times it's ever but, happened. But this was the best, like just the best timing ever. I'm I'm really sorry I don't remember your name, um, but. Someone came up to me just as my friend from uni picked me up from the station and said some lovely things. And, uh, and my friend Jamie was just like, what the fuck is going on? Like, <laughs> he had no idea why anyone would come up to me. I was like, yeah, you know, I just, uh, just do this podcast, actually. It was pretty, uh, pretty, 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 pretty popular. Uh, yeah, that was fun. Yeah. Matt? Never. Never? Never. That's you you're... need to hang around with me more, don't you? That's your... No, <laughs> not really. Absolutely not. <laughs> Look, if you recognise Matt in the street, run up to him, scream <laughs> to in his be... face. <laughs> to be quite fair to Matt, I think for almost two... What, you've been here? Well, it'll be three years, years in March. Mm. Yeah, like two and a half years, roughly. For a good year and a half of that, we haven't been outside. This is true. Yeah. Yeah. So... <laughs> That's uh, probably contributing quite a lot to that. Uh, do you know what? Next time I see you, I'll recognise you. Oh, thank you, Simon. That's so nice. Yeah. Uh, Joe, you've got a, a long old email that I did oh, cut down considerably. Bloody hell. You, so you have cut this down? This is about half as long as it was. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Right. This is from Madison in Belfast. Uh, long-time listener to what I consider to be one of the most authentic, never had that one before, and enjoyable podcasts. So much so that I've thought about writing in many times. I felt I had to break my silence after your recent request for some feedback. Do we have not have enough feedback and we're just begging for it? Is that what happened? <laughs> um, IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com. <laughs> Uh, and a few topics of chat resonated with me. This has turned into somewhat of a fucking beef Wellington. I don't know what that means, but bear with me. <laughs> to make it easier for you to tuck in, I've divided it up if you decide to include any of it. Well, I hear half of it's gone. Crisp chat. We haven't done crisp chat for a while, have we? I haven't listened to the last one. I'm, I'm sorry. No, we haven't, but I'm glad it's back. Yeah. <laughs> I find there's nothing better than a Tesco meal deal club sandwich combined with your flavour preference of Tato's crisps. See, we don't get Tato's crisps in exactly. meal deals over here. And I fucking love them. To make a, oh, to make a decadent crisp sandwich. Washing all that down with an innocent blue bolt, not a smoothie, is hard to resist. Uh, a listener last week asked, oh, this is a different thing. What are we thinking? We we responding to that? Um, do we get the club sandwich over here? Yeah. Uh, it's been so long since I've gone in a Tesco. <laughs> Is it really? Or bought a meal deal? Like I just, I, I still quite regularly get a meal deal from my local really? Tesco. Yeah. I don't have a Tesco that near me. My nearest Tesco is like a good twenty-minute walk away. I'm uh, generally Caesar salad, one of the big cans of Red Bull because I have no respect for my guts, and maybe like a, I quite. I know it's naughty, but I'm quite partial to little packets of Fridge Raiders. You know, those like reconstituted Ooh. chicken nuggets. I like those. Why not? It's been, a, it's been far too long since I've had a Skips and Drench. Yeah. Is chicken. Drench yeah. even still around? 
Yeah, you is can Dredge get a casualty it. of the po- of the it. pandemic? No, we're all right. Nah, okay. nah, you can find it. Uh, but yeah, it's a good combo. Next section. A listener last week asked about games and films we defend and promote despite lack of general adoration. So on that note, Dog Soldiers, uh, which is a film that a lot of people really love. Uh, Dog I've Soldiers. Seen it. You haven't seen it. No. I think you'd quite like it. Dog Soldiers is a British action slash horror slash comedy film that is, in my opinion, one of the best and most underrated films in general. If by some chance you haven't heard anything about this film, I'll try and sum it up. A young but promising team of British army lads who would much rather be at the pub watching the game or at home with their wives are instead on a special training weekend in the mountains when they come across the bodies of some gored special forces members. They have to survive the night against their unknown enemy. I am the furthest thing from a typical (laughs) British army lad, but that element is important to mention because while not the defining feature of the film, it helps it establish a truly difficult balance between the humour and the likability of their characters with the real tension and horror of the film. If any of you are unaware of it, please seek out and watch it. And if you have seen it, I would love to hear your thoughts on it. I think it's good. It's one of those films that um, me and my friends like turned on a lot when we were drinking as teenagers. You know, when you're just sitting around, you're like, Let's watch Shrek 2 or Dog Soldiers. Mm-hmm. Which one? Um, maybe maybe I'll pop in. Well, I will say it was a well, well-written little critique of it, which yeah. has got me interested. Uh, so. And has le- and it has been careful enough to leave out what the enemy is, which is very good. Um, yeah. the, uh, the other thing I would say is that I've forgotten what I was going to say. So I'll carry on. Good. A, a, game I fe- a game I feel compelled to defend is Don't Nod's 2018 janky RPG Vampire. It received a mixed bag of reviews upon release with a lot of issue taken with load times and aspects of the game's design. While it will make you suffer some long load times, like load times and crash relatively frequently, I will die on the hill of this game being fantastic. Enhanced greatly by its soundtrack and period slash genre appropriate voice acting. It's a fun blend of dialogue, exploration and stamina based combat a la Code Vein, etc. Um, I never really got into Vampire. I played a few hours. Uh, I love the idea but yeah, it is execution that was an issue for mm-hmm. me. I unfortunately never... think the combat in that game is dreadful. But I do like the links that you make between kind of people. There's a lot of like good, like social RPG yeah. elements to it. That's it. I wish it wasn't a game in which you had to fight people. I wish you were just a strong vampire who killed everyone or mm-hmm. chose not to. Yeah, I I would ask you, Joe, what's a uh, games that people don't like that you defend to death but i already know it's dynasty warriors so dynasty warriors 3 and dynasty warriors 8 xl they're the two is uh, it time well i suppose this one isn't considered that bad but are you gonna break up El Shaddai? are we getting that remake anytime soon well it's just come out on pc um they've just done oh, a yeah, remastered pc version i i very nearly bought it the other day before going <laughs> why the fuck am i buying el Shaddai? <laughs> It's really good. If you want to play something that is clearly the inspiration for a lot of Devil May Cry, play El Shaddai. It's amazing. Madison ends with, this leads me nicely to my own question. Like most, I have long and often overlapping lists of favourite games, books and films. The majority of these titles I will have played slash read or watched multiple times. However, there are a much smaller number of games, books and films that are in my favourites of their respective mediums, but are treated quite differently to how I approach and consume the other more standard favourites. It's quite hard to pass in my brain. Whether that is because they have been a more profound personal experience or because I subconsciously don't want to get bored of them, I will either have only experienced them once in my life or go five or so years between deciding to play or watch them for that second time. I see. 
for me, mm-hmm. The Neon Demon, Dog Soldiers, Kill List, The Last of Us, Child of Light, and The Picture of Dorian Gray are such titles. That's a weird list. I love it. How about you? Are there any games, books, or films that you guys have maybe only spent time with once and or hold in a higher regard and are still 100% amongst your favorites? Um, in terms of games, question. that's pretty much all games. I barely, I almost never replay games. I, I can't think of many games I've gone back to. Um in like a play the whole story through twice way. So I have replayed. I'm weird. I do replay and rewatch stuff that people probably don't replay and rewatch. Like mm. I have replayed Red Dead 2. Like there'll be blows to film I watch every six months to a year, which is probably a hard watch for a lot of people. Uh, I don't know. Um, I think like there's obvious stuff like... It's even saying that, The Last of Us Part 2 has only been out over a year, but I have kind of got the hankering to play that again. Um, I, on on Madison's list, Kill List is a film I've only watched oh, once. Yes. But that's for that reason of like, I think it's absolutely astonishing, but it's fucking horrible. Yeah. And like, I just I've don't seen, think I can go back to it. I've seen it like four or five times, but I mainly I mean, think that's because it's been like, oh, I've been with someone that's been like, we should watch this. Mm. And you put it on because they've never heard of it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. There's the obvious ones that are hard watch. Like I've only ever seen Schindler's List once. It's undeniably mm-hmm. a brilliant film. You're not popping it on all the time, are you? Um, I, don't, I don't think there's anything where I've like consciously gone. I'm saving this for myself. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Games is. I know. It's easier to think of films. I think than than games. I think also games. I would say even if I was like a game replayer. I think games mm. in which you craft your own story through choices, I would have very little wish to go back to and and see the other stuff. Like, I'm quite into the, my choices are my choices, that's how the story played out, that's the yeah. end. Especially games that don't do the, here's the true ending, which I often find very fucking annoying. Um, I know what you mean. Like, I think yeah. with films, it's ones to me that I know I saw in the cinema and I know they won't be better when I see them at home. Like, mm. I have... When I watched Dunkirk in a cinema, I was almost in tears almost every five minutes. I did rewatch it at home. Still a brilliant film to watch. Just didn't have the same impact being I can just totally surrounded by it. Mm-hmm. Interstellar, the same, really. Uh, Arrivals, one I haven't rewatched since the cinema. I've never rewatched Blade Runner twenty forty nine, and I never will because <laughs> really, yeah, because like I I watched it twice in the cinema, and that's exactly where that film needs to be seen. Mm. And no, mm-hmm. not going anywhere else. Yeah, just like we've got June coming up soon. Like that is one that I imagine you'll see in the cinema. I'll be like, June's not going to be one you watch over and over again, is it? No. Uh, You're what? Like not. the thing is with that is like it's got to. Hopefully, Denis will get to do a part two. In which case, then yes, I'll watch part one again yeah. on on a, on a Blu-ray. But it won't be where I want to watch it. I can tell you that. There we go. It's a good question to open up to people at IGN underscore UKP back at IGN. Dot com. Any games, books, or films that you absolutely love? One of your favourites, but you just have only seen once, or maybe maybe twice, with a, a minimum six-year gap. <laughs> I don't. Uh, this was a good chat this week about lots and lots of good and exciting things. Bloody hell, Wasn't it was it? long. Oh, and we didn't even imagine if we'd done an endless search. God, we might be, be the first ever two-hour one. God, we've almost certainly um, done a two-hour one. Have we? Just Probably. a standard one? A standard two? I, I don't, don't know. know. Maybe. Should we just waffle for half an hour and see? No. What I will say at the end, though, no, is I'm go and watch uh, Matt and Cardi's Arcane uh, From Dishonored to Deathloop 
breakdown because it was fucking awesome. I watched it this morning and I haven't seen it before. Oh, yeah, um, you're it you're very kind. A really good video. If you're excited for Deathloop, it'll make you go, mm-hmm. I want Deathloop more. Um, so, <laughs> that, and if that's not what you were going for, then I don't know what you were. Exactly. And what Deathloop's out on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Finally, yeah. it feels like we've been waiting an age for this game. Uh, yeah. Looking forward to playing it. I suppose we'll talk about that next week a lot. Matt, it means you're on the podcast again next week, probably, (laughs) because if we need anyone to talk about Arcane, it'll be you, won't it? Yeah, I'm sure I can clock in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay, lovely. Uh, I suppose that's it. Yeah. What music? Is it too on the nose to just put everything everything in its right place? No, (laughs) put it on, because I love that intro. It's It's the only excuse you're going to get to put Radiohead at the end of a podcast. Very true. Get it on there. Okay, lovely stuff. Goodbye, everyone. Bye, enjoy yourselves. See us.